Hello. Hey guys. And welcome to Killer Crime and Sister Time. I'm Sydney and I'm sick, so I apologize. Yes, I'm Liberty. I'm not sick. I just, I don't know where I was going with that. But I'm gonna be honest <laughs> I was really just apologizing for my voice, but I mean, you do you, bro. Yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. <sighs> I also apologize if you hear a dog whine or kennel training our puppy and sometimes he likes to whine he's fine he has treats he has toys and he just went like I literally right before we started recording just took him to go potty and he went pee and number two um so he's good to go (laughs) he's He's ungrateful yeah he's just ungrateful um (laughs) how have you been dude um I've been good I just had finally you know back we kind of talked about it last episode finally back um home I'm getting into the groove of bar prep um they've started us out with topics that were from 1L year so I'm like oh shit I don't remember things yeah Um, but it's fine and then uh I got offered a position to work at the firm that I was interning at for this past year right really excited um I get to be paid to do the stuff that I was doing all year yeah awesome um and And I love with yeah I love the I love the organization I love the people I work with I'm just really excited to be back there and um helping people oh my god give me a virtual fist bump fuck yeah Oh, that's fucking awesome I didn't know that oh I didn't tell you that oh, bitch. Oh. so yeah I'll be doing that um I'm gonna take this next week to kind of figure out my schedule with bar prep and the dog and then get back to my um boss and tell her what days I can come in because she was like I want you to know bar prep comes first then the puppy and then will and then the job so figure out what you can work in there and I was like oh love you so how much are we I mean how much are we talking like you know I'll be making $22 an hour only fuck only I said I'll be making $22 an hour oh I think you said only I was like shit bitch I'm making 14 (laughs) no 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 I'm excited I'm excited especially because you know I was doing this work free free nearly a year so that was pretty cool that I'll be getting paid now now you're like this is like a big girl like first like big girl like big bitch right it is it's like the first job that I'm working for payment that isn't like like customer service you know oh yeah (laughs) I hate it it's like like residence life and I did retail for my jobs prior to this so yeah yay I'm so excited for you thank you I'm pretty excited um what about you what's new with you uh nothing I just hate work (laughs) but I get paid really well compared to my last job oh yeah absolutely I caught a 700 dollar paycheck this week oh fuck yeah bitch I was making 250 a week at Macy's and now I'm making 700 for two weeks at Starbucks Hell yeah. That's like a $200 raise, basically. Yeah, I, it's like a, I think, 45 cent raise, like difference, like per hour. Oh, and that doesn't count my cash untaxed tips. Oh, that's lit as hell, bro. 
yeah so it's pretty snazzy um but there's some downsides of course I did cry yesterday so as you do yeah because a man yelled at me in the drive-thru also I would just like to say that if you like if you hear this and you're listening to this and you yell at customer service workers in the drive-thru like please don't like please just stop here because I don't need that energy I would hope that that's not our fan base because we are not your fan base so just don't be here (laughs) exactly like just leave because like I've okay I'm not even gonna lie I've gotten snappy with like with customer service people before but that's only like because of something they've done first because oh, yeah. of someone I mean you and I have both worked customer service I guarantee everybody who's listening has probably or you know at some point maybe yeah. but like you know I always come to my job with a great attitude. I mean, I might not have an internal great attitude, but outward, you'd think I'm the most positive bitch out here. Exactly. I'm getting paid to be there, so I'm going to work my best. And I feel, I get frustrated when I see other people being pissy towards me, even though like, I mean, just because since I have that mindset in my job, I guess it just is common sense to me. So like, I don't understand other people don't. And I've got snappy with people because of that before. But at the same time, I was super positive and this man yelled at me because we can't make nitro cold brew in a venti size. Don't ask me why. Couldn't fucking tell you. But he was like mad at me. And I'm I was like, sure everybody knew that, right? It's like I knew we couldn't make a nitro cold brew in a venti. It's an international like thing. Like yeah. it's a whole fucking worldwide Starbucks thing. It only goes up to Grande. Yeah. Well, he goes, can't you just put it in a venti cup and like not tell anyone? And I was like, I was like, I want to keep my, I said it in a funny way. I was like, haha, you know, like I want to keep my job because I don't get pissy with people until he started cussing at me. And he was like, the fuck are you having, do you have a fucking issue with me? And I was like, sir, this has absolutely nothing to do with you. In my most respectful way, I even said, sir. And then my coworker comes around. She is the hottest bitch and she is the baddest bitch. And Kenzie, if you ever listen to this, I love you. <laughs> comes around and I look at her and I show her that I'm shaking because I didn't want him to hear me say anything. Right. She comes around and she goes, hey, what's going on? He goes, she won't give me a fucking blah, blah, blah. And she goes, uh-uh. She goes, nope, you can't Start talk over. to <laughs> Yeah, start over. And then he started cussing at her and I thought she was going to lunge through that window. <laughs> I was gonna say he's in a very vulnerable position in a drive-thru to not have something yeeted into his car (laughs) and then his girlfriend or wife or whatever they were to each other were sitting in the passenger seat and I'm like how do you think a man is attractive after that oh I would have smacked Will and then we would be divorced yeah talk to somebody like that I literally could not imagine. Like, I've only ever seen John treat customer service people with respect, thank goodness. Yeah. But literally, I would kill someone because, you know, John's done it too. He's done customer service. Like, he understands. It's just yeah. so frustrating. And I was fine until my very sweet boss came up and rubbed my back and goes, How are you doing? Are you okay? And I was like, Whoa. <laughs> she goes, Go take a 10. I was like, Okay. Okay. I was like, Okay. And that, and that was a eight and a half hour day and yeah. it was just like that was my shift and so it was just like very long oh. and then my co-worker he's amazing he was telling me uh, about after his shift he was he called me and was like yo like listen to what the fuck happened I was like okay some guy we, you can't take your boat through the Starbucks drive-thru that's policy and you can't walk through the Starbucks drive-thru we can't serve you it's a liability issue and if you get hurt you can sue us yeah because if someone gets hit by a car on your property because they were walking through 
Yes. And if, and if your boat gets damaged, that there's a possibility that they could sue us. So they try to come through with their boat and we're like, sir, like I'm still there. I wasn't there, but he was like, sir, I'm, I can't help you with your boat on. They walk through and they're like, I can't help you in the walkthrough. Like in our lobby. Yeah. Yeah. The lobby was closed. And then he like, didn't know we had a camera in our drive-thru. So he pulled through didn't realize we had a camera and goes and so we were like okay take your boat off he backs out waits a second pulls back through and goes okay i took my boat off and we were like and they're like they're like sir we can see you and he goes how can you see me and we're like we have a camera and he goes where's the camera and sebastian was like that's not something i can tell you (laughs) why would i tell you that like you are being sassy and not following the rules why why wouldn't I think you're gonna go destroy that fucking camera side note why does it matter where the camera is I can see you in your fucking boat in the drive-thru or they could I mean well he wanted to know so he could go fuck shit up like god he said like also it's not within like human reach like I think you'd have to get a stool to get up to our camera (laughs) right but yeah so people just suck but then also people are really great because the customer after the man that yelled at me could tell I was shaking and she was like are you okay was he mean and I was like yes and then she gave me a dollar and she told me to have a great day so you know not everyone's bad (laughs) yeah it's the bad ones that stick it's the bad ones that stick which is unfortunate but one time okay so one time when I was working at Ulta I had this lady come in she wanted to return a product which we do which sucks because then we have to destroy the product afterwards and that is like a major bummer because someone literally has to sit in the back and destroy the product before we put it in dumpsters see I would have fun doing that okay it was kind of satisfying but it was like when someone like swatched something when they got home and that was all they used from it and then you have to go destroy it it's like yikes so I know I always feel bad. I would. I almost had to return a foundation, but it ended up being color match because you know I can't color match you right now. Yeah. But she ended up picking out actually the perfect one, so that was pretty crazy. I was pretty proud of her. Good. Yeah. But yeah, no. One time I had this lady. She wanted to return something, and I'm like, okay, what's your Ulta number? Because we have to track it to a number so that you know we know. Um, like one, if you've lost the receipt it helps us track it and Uh two um we know how many returns you're doing in a year Uh um because at a certain point like they're gonna kind of have an issue with it yeah um and so she's like well I don't have one and I was like okay do you have your receipt and she's like no and I'm like okay let me then get your phone number and set you up with this because I have to be able to track this and since you don't have the receipt I have to be able to set it up this way and it won't let me do it otherwise and she's like no, I'm not fucking doing that. And I was like, okay, then I, can't, I, can't, I can't return the product. It also has to have like over 50% of the product left in it. And she's, and I was like, okay, man, then I can't return it. Like hold, you have to meet me halfway. Hold, hold. Yes. We're glitching. Oh no. We're glitching. Oh no. Hold. Okay. Okay, I'm going to turn my Wi-Fi off just so we can get a little extra going. Okay, continue. Okay, where did I, where did you hear me last? Um, you wanted to set up the thing 
And then you were about to tell us her reaction to setting up the Ulta number. Oh, yeah. And she was like, well, no, I'm not giving you that. And I was like, okay, ma'am, well, that's the only way the system will let me return this item, like, is if it's attached. Yeah, I can't do it unless it's attached to an account. So she throws the product at me, like throws it across the counter at me, and then storms out of our freaking, like, building. And then I'm like, okay bitch also it was only like a 12 dollar product so like simmer down obviously she didn't care much about the money if she just threw it back at you threw it at me and then i opened the product and it has less than like 50 percent or whatever our policy was and i was like bitch i couldn't even return this anyway yeah for real and i think i think the lady told me that i could have only used like 20 percent of it yeah like it oh, yeah it's 80 percent. it has to be 80 percent left yeah even though i literally walked out of volta sat down fucking squeezed a little bit did it match i mean i looked good on prom day so it's all that mattered (laughs) slay queen thank you okay let's jump into this shit i'm so excited okay well okay i'm just gonna preface it really quick and say that this episode we were surprising each other with stories we didn't have a theme so Mm -hmm. we're kind of surprising each other so that's where we're at okay yeah surprise murders Okay. Do you want me to go first? Go for it. Just because I'm super excited. Okay, so I chose a crazy bitch today. One oh. second. I lost the Zoom. How do I get back to Zoom? Okay. I chose Lizzie Borden. Oh, hell yes. Yeah. You know, sometimes with these surprise ones, it's a little scary because I'm like, shit, like, did Sydney pick this? But I always text mom and tell her my person so that <laughs> I always forget. Well, I also pick the. I'm gonna be honest I also like picked like the day we were <laughs> oh I definitely picked today oh okay cool Did mom so she would know exactly okay so Lizzie Borden um ooh, I'm getting all cozy here okay can you still hear me fine yes I can hear you fine cool so Lizzie Borden she was born July 19th of 1960 her biological mom I'm pretty sure was Sarah Anthony yeah that's the biological mom the dad, Andrew Jackson Borden. This, listen to how ironic this is. Um, how he first, so he was pretty fucking rich for his time, right? right. How he first started was he prospered in furniture and casket sales. Oh, Caskets. no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I just thought that was a little ironic. Okay. <laughs> but he was very, very frugal. Like, that's, every, everyone knows him. Every rich person a- is yeah like, well that's how they get there yeah well okay but i'm just saying you can't take the shit with you so might as well have fucking fun now oh my oh. god what Your cat scared me i was like cat. There's, there's a cat running around oh my god there's two of them <laughs> liberty's in john's haunted house so for a second i thought she was getting haunted <laughs> No, I got a fucking turtle over here. He's chilling. I got two cats. I got five chickens in the other room. <laughs> two dogs. <laughs> there, there was an iguana, but we did get rid of him. Oh, poor Pablo. Right. He's alive still, actually. He just, yeah. Okay, so his estimated net worth when he died was about nine million in today's dollars. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. He was fucking loaded. Um, oh gosh, I can't remember what he did. Uh, 
towards the end like a business I don't know he was a businessman but he did something he like was a manager or some shit I don't fucking know okay he did something he was rich yeah so they didn't seem like anything crazy they attended church Lizzie and her sister were a part of uh what you would call it like their church group Sunday school like you know it seemed like they lived a normal life like I didn't sense much um in May of 1892, so this was the year that they were murdered, um, Lizzie's parents. Right. Your, your face is frozen. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay, cool. I was just making sure because like your yeah, your face was like frozen with your mouth open and I was like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Damn it. Okay, I'm turning off my Wi-Fi also so we can... Yeah, turn off your phone Wi-Fi. Okay, so Lizzie... So 1892 is where, like, the juice of it was. So, like, there wasn't anything crazy leading up to it besides what I'm about to tell you. So that's why there's a huge gap in, like, you know, talking about, like, her dad and her life and stuff because they lived a pretty normal life. There was nothing significant. Um, It didn't say when the mom died, but the mom did die at some point in the articles I looked at. Her birth mom. Yeah, the birth mom. Yeah, I just didn't, I could have looked it up. I just didn't go in that in depth with it. Um, So in May of 1892, which is the year that um, she killed her stepmom and her dad, her dad killed pigeons with a hatchet in their barn because he thought that the local kids would hunt them. But I have a note that says, not sure how this helped, question mark, because he was (laughs) killing them. (laughs) so he wanted to kill them and he didn't want the local kids to kill them or my thought process is maybe he didn't want the kids on his property and that's why he killed them (laughs) like he didn't want them hunting the pigeons on his property i don't know i have no fucking clue how this all worked okay okay yeah so lizzie a couple weeks before had just built a roost for the said pigeons so this kind of started an argument apparently it wasn't a huge one but i think some tensions grew okay and then apparently want the pigeons to be comfortably housed before he murdered them so he murdered them so both sisters took a vacation and i know podcasters can't see me but i put vacation in quotation marks like i because in july of 1892 the family got an argument and then after that the girls went on a vacation what i think they just got sent somewhere i have no fucking clue but yeah got sent somewhere yeah the article said vacation literally in quotation marks so And then after that, growing tensions about money and um, Andrew Jackson's estate was uh, starting because he was giving, um, so the stepmom's name is Abby, and he was putting a lot of, like, estates and money in, like, Abby's name and, like, Abby's family name for when he passed. Like, you know, he was, like, writing his will and giving it to them. And his daughters were like, yo, like, what the fuck, like where's ours like you're giving it to this random woman like i've been here your whole life you know that kind of shit so it was weird um and yeah that's kind of like where it stopped talking about that but i think that was like i think all of this is like a big build-up that's why i included it so several days before the murder the whole family was violently ill and the stepmom was concerned about poisoning but since it was a few days before the murder when they did the autopsy they couldn't find any poison 
but the also family, does that include Lizzie? Yeah, Lizzie was sick too. So I don't know, but Andrew Jackson, the dad, wasn't a very well-liked man. And that's why she was like, ah, might be poison. But another family friend had a theory that she had accidentally left the stove on. So carbon monoxide or whatever kind of poisoning, gas poisoning, whatever the fuck the fu- those fumes are. I was going to say, hear me out. There's also something called food poisoning and it just kind of happens. Right. Or back then without proper refrigeration and shit it kind of happened more often but yeah and also he would refuse the dad refused to pay for like indoor plumbing which was a normal thing in wealthier households even though he had more than enough money he just i i don't know why he didn't but he like wouldn't so it was a lot of you know outhouses okay gross yeah i don't know why um i feel like there's also a lack of running water so how do you wash your hands when you're making food Exactly. Let me get the exact oh. dogs. Oh. Is Mickey in there? Is this Mickey? <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> So I don't know the it was a uh, oh shoot. I had the exact date somewhere of said murder. <laughs> oh my gosh i literally like had it up and ready to like talk about this, this is so awkward like i'm ready to go yeah for real um I don't know if i'm mimosa but i'm listening okay oh my gosh and of course i don't have wi-fi at john's house okay uh... mm August 4th of 1892. So, you know, how the the pigeons and the money fight all happened this year. So, 1892 is, like, the year, you know? Yeah. So, on August 4th of 1892, Abby, the stepmom, was killed first. And um, she was said to be facing her killer. And she went upstairs to make her bed or something. And she was struck with a hatchet 17 times. Yeah. So when Andrew gets home, his keys aren't working and the door's jammed and they have a maid named Maggie. And this is important. So remember Maggie. So Andrew's key wasn't working when he got home. So he knocked for attention and Maggie came and opened the door for him. So then Maggie said she heard, um, oh my goodness, these dogs are so loud. Mickey. It's so loud. So in court, the maid testified that when she um, opened the door for the dad, um, she heard but didn't see Lizzie laughing at the top of the stairs. So she heard a woman laughing upstairs, but time of death states that um abby died like like not long before andrew got home and anybody who was upstairs would have seen abby's dead body so and then to hear laughing like so she said she heard lizzie laughing at the top of the stairs when she was downstairs with the dad okay so in court um she testified to that and then lizzie denied being upstairs at all so who fucking knows but also lizzie had a lot of discrepancies in her story and the investigation right so when the dad so when andrew gets home he asks he's like yo where's abby like where my wife at 
And Lizzie said that she had been summoned to see a sick friend and like lied to him. Okay. Which is weird because at the end of the story, it like makes no sense. Like I literally had no clue. But yeah, yeah. it's really sus. Yeah. So she had been summoned to see a sick friend. So Andrew's like, okay, I'll take a nap on the couch downstairs, right? Right. So Lizzie said in, to the police that she took her dad's boots off and helped him lie down. But that was a lie because in crime scene photos of his dead body on the couch before they touched it, his yeah. boots are on. Also, so, weird, who takes someone else's boots off? I mean, I take dad's socks off sometimes. I know, but that's because he's being a dick. <laughs> he's being a dick. Um, well, I don't know. It was the 1800s. You know, women were slaves to men, that kind of shit. <laughs> okay. I don't fucking know. But yeah, so she said she was helping her dad by taking his boots off and putting his slippers on. But in crime scene photos, there's no slippers and he's wearing his boots. So that was a lie. Okay. So Lizzie told the maid, Maggie, that there was a department store sale going on nearby and told her to go to it. But the maid said she didn't feel good and wanted to take a nap. So she tried to get her out of the house. Weird. Yeah. And so around 11 a.m., Lizzie screamed, Maggie, come quick. Someone came in and killed dad. Yeah. And he was struck 10 times with a hatchet. And one of his eyeballs was split in two. (laughs) That is so gross. Yeah, so she tried to get her out of the house, obviously, and then when she didn't, she was like, oh my god, someone came in and killed my dad, oh my god. Oh, yeah. Oh. So, the investigation is just really crazy, because, like, Lizzie, like, lies a lot, a lot of her answers were strange and contradictory, um... She, like, initially told the police, oh, I heard a groan or scraping or something when I entered the house. But later she was like, oh, I didn't hear anything and didn't think anything was wrong. And then when asked, like, where did you think Abby was? She was like, oh, I thought she was visiting a sick friend, even though she was literally home the whole time. Like, she didn't get summoned by anyone. Right. And, um, yeah. And it was just weird and... Uh, despite her attitude and changing alibis nobody bothered to check lizzie for bloodstains and the police searched her room but at the trial they were like oh lizzie wasn't feeling well so we didn't want to bug her too much because they didn't think of her as a suspect at the time like in the initial investigation everyone's a suspect don't let them get away with not feeling well quote unquote. yeah and they were criticized heavily for lack of diligence because no shit um yeah and so other like community members suspected lizzie of purchasing hydrosanic acid in diluted form from the local drugstore but she said that she would be only asked about the acid at the drugstore so she could clean her furs despite the autopsy guy even testifying in court that it doesn't even have antiseptic properties so literally it wouldn't have done what she needed to with the furs right which is weird, but if she didn't buy any, she only asked about it. So maybe she was asking about it. I don't know what she was asking for, but yeah. Maybe she learned that it wouldn't do what she wanted. Exactly. Um, her behavior and her questioning and even in court, her behavior was erratic. She often refused to answer questions that even would have benefited literally her. She contradicted herself a lot, changing stories constantly. 
Um, she was also given, uh, oh, she was given, she was being prescribed regular doses of morphine to calm her nerves. And like, that was like an excuse of like why her testimonies were so all over the place. Mickey, you are loud. Yeah. Is that um, what that is? I was wondering. Yeah, that's the dog. Yeah, he's big. <laughs> okay, I'll pet you later, Bubba. But yeah, so like, they were like, oh, it's the morphine. That's what her lawyer argued. Um, yeah, and it was, it, yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my God, he put his butt on my foot. That is so gross. <laughs> Yeah, it was gross. Um, she actually ended up, so she ended up being acquitted of the crime. Okay. Yeah, so she literally like, got away with it. So the I, story worked. Yeah, so she ended up getting away with it and didn't leave her hometown, even though no one fucking talked to her and or liked her because they all know she murdered her parents. She ended up dying of pneumonia at age 66 after getting away with it. Oh. Killing her parents yikes so like did her sister think she did it i think everyone thought she did it like literally um and she changed her name from lizzie to elizabeth she started going by that um that's different enough yeah (laughs) exactly she was accused of shoplifting in 1897 oh yeah and then out in 1905 shortly after an argument over a party um, Emma moved out of the house and never saw her sister again. So maybe right after the crime, she didn't like think. Right. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. So her sister moved out in 1905, which was about 13 years after the murder. So maybe she didn't think she did it. And then I don't know, but I definitely think she did. She literally tried to get the maid out of the house and that's sus as fuck. I definitely think she did it because... I don't know. I think your reactions would be different. Your story wouldn't change as much. You know. Exactly. And just, uh, also, who prescribes morphine to calm someone down? Like, that's the 1800s for you. Yeah, they also put cocaine in Coca-Cola, so, I mean, that's true. They thought all (laughs) women's emotions were hysterical, so. So. (laughs) Love and life. (laughs) Existing hysteria. (laughs) hysteria like you are fucking psychotic for crying so how dare you have an emotion how goddamn dare you but yeah so that was mine lizzie borden i just thought it was crazy i looked up like interesting murders which i feel like is kind of fucked up but you know you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes (laughs) and so i looked up interesting murders and i saw the name and i was like oh my god i've only ever heard like the nursery rhyme but also it was a lie because the nursery rhyme said she hit her dad like what 42 times yeah i think so yeah and that was a lie because he was only hit 10 or 11 times but he was also sleeping. I mean, 42 times would be an exhausting amount of times to hit somebody with an axe. Let's be completely well, honest here. She hit the stepmom 17 times with an axe. Right. That's true. That's passion. That's fucking anger. That's anger. That's hatred for Don't sure. Don't call pigeons. Fuck, bro. Right? Yeah. So that's that one. Love it. Okay. So for mine, I did Gary Ridgway, aka the Green River Killer. we got a washington serial killer what up i love it (laughs) Um, serial killers 
right i'm just kidding we don't stand them that's a joke. we got we got ted bundy we got gary ridgeway you know that's what's up is there any more do we have any more serial killers i mean i don't know um I think so. criminals though like uh it's thought that db cooper landed in southwestern washington they thought he landed really close to our Yakult house, like yeah. almost exactly over it. Yes. Guys, we like research this shit. And like when you look at maps of his estimated drop point, it's like literally within like a five mile, 10 mile radius of like our house. In our house. Yeah. I was, yeah, I wish we would have found that. That would have been cool. You know how cool it would have been to find that money? I'm just saying. How much money did you bones, but that wouldn't have been cool. That would have just been creepy. That would have been fun. Like, yeah, we never found D.B. Cooper, did we? No. Mm, I don't think so. Oh, my goodness. Before you start, look at John and this dog laying next to each other. Oh, that's so cute. They're so cute. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, mine is Gary Ridgway, a.k.a. the Green River Killer. Um, so Gary was born on February 18th of 1949 to Tom and Mary Ridgway in Salt Lake City, Utah. Um... Fun fact, well, lived in a haunted house in Salt Lake City and Liberty almost died on the stairs. Yeah, I did. <laughs> we have angry dogs in Liberty. Okay. Um, <laughs> so Ridgeway had two brothers, Gregory and Thomas. Um, and while he was born in Salt Lake City, he was actually raised near the Seattle-Tacoma area in Washington State. Um, also, guys... If anyone ever says they're from Washington, just assume it's state. Oh, Liberty's showing me chickens. So cute. <laughs> I had to move into another room. Um, but, like, if anyone ever says they're from Washington, just assume state. Because people who say they're from fucking Washington, D.C. say they're from D.C. They don't say I'm from Washington. Exactly. Please, please, I'm begging you. When just use the they're from Washington, just assume they're from the West Coast. Thank you for coming my TED Talk. Um... Anyway, so he was raised near the Seattle-Tacoma area of Washington, and um, his home life was somewhat rough. Home life was somewhat rough, which, of course, like, all killers. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, most. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, obviously, a rough home life is not a reason to murder people, because plenty of people have rough home lives, but... I, it is a trend <laughs> it is something that well also I feel like when you have a rough isn't like for sociopaths isn't like a part of their brain like not developed or something and like that can be like contributed to like trauma and like drinking when you're in the womb and like trauma in the womb and shit like that yeah absolutely um so his mother kind of seemed to be the source of his trauma speaking of mm-hmm. And she was relatively aggressive. He witnessed many violent fights between his parents. Um, he would also often wet the bed, which is typically a symptom of like child abuse and child like molestation. And sociopaths. Yeah, and sociopaths. Um, unfortunately, as these behaviors continued, his mother was generally the one to discover the incident and she would bathe him and mock him in front of his family and then he also claimed that she acted inappropriately in these moments like weirdly washing his genitals and stuff like that so he just had a lot of issues with his mom Uh, right 
yeah so Ridgeway obviously had mixed emotions about his mother after this um one article I read said like sexual emotions while also wanting to kill her that's like who is that Freud's like dream yeah (laughs) Freud's wet dream yeah for a wanting to fuck men that want to fuck their moms (laughs) yeah exactly um so as a child Ridgeway was found to have an IQ of 82 um so that equated to low intelligence um this was reflected what low intelligence low intelligence yeah sorry my stuffy ass nose makes it hard to hear me (laughs) it's okay (laughs) um so this uh low intelligence was reflected by his grades and overall school performance um he uh like got held back a year and he didn't graduate high school until he was 20 because of this and yeah it was just kind of a hot mess express um his classmates though never really thought much of him they claimed that he was nice enough but forgettable Mm -hmm. um and I think his teenage track record would kind of say otherwise considering at 16 he stabbed a six-year-old boy that he lured into the woods um yeah right that's what I'm saying thankfully the boy survived and claimed that Ridgeway laughed after the attack saying I always quote I always wondered what it would be like to kill on end quote so he was 16 and lured a six-year-old boy into the woods and stabbed him yes also you guys Liberty is holding a chicken and a baby chicken and it's very cute very cute okay anyway i don't know if i can take this bitch seriously as she's holding this chicken can i take a screenshot it loves to be held ow ow as it bites her it's fucking pecking me it can fly too it can fly already yeah when do they learn how to fly i don't know but this bitch can i like how it's just sitting on your hand it's like hey what's up hello it likes to be held it like runs into my hands that's so cute yeah continue okay anyway i got distracted by a chicken i'm sorry guys um so yeah he lures a six-year-old boy into the woods and stabs him thankfully the boy survives like i said um but he comes back with that chilling quote that ridgeway um said to him while he was like dying in the woods oh my god um as for gary's adult life as previously mentioned, he didn't graduate high school until he was 20, mm-hmm. um, at which point he joined the Navy. And after graduation and before being shipped off to Vietnam, he married his high school girlfriend, Claudia Barrows. Um, then he was, after the wedding, he was sent to Vietnam with the Navy and he served on a supply ship and saw combat. Um, Quick interjection. Who the fuck would marry someone knowing that they stabbed a six-year-old boy in the woods? Right? That's what I'm saying. And then we're all well aware of the stabbing, right? Right. I mean, I'm sure Seattle Tacoma area in what? What would that be? 1969-ish when he actually graduated? Right. Yeah, because he was born in 49. I'm sure it wasn't a large place. And actually, it wasn't a large, large place because our parents lived there in Literally. the 80s and it still wasn't huge so it must have been even smaller in the 60s yeah exactly so she had- i'm sure she knew 
What are you saying about? Oh, look at that chicken. It's perched. Look at all those chickens. <laughs> There's five in here. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so Vietnam. Yeah, Vietnam. Claudia. Okay. After his wedding with Claudia, he was sent to Vietnam. He served on a supply ship and saw combat. He also frequently hired sex workers while overseas, um, contracting gonorrhea twice, which enhanced his hatred for sex workers, even right. though he frequently hired them. Doesn't um, matter. They think they're dirty. A lot of sociopaths think like homeless people and like vagrants or whatever, like dirty people. And yeah. like, and I'm like, parents said too. I guarantee his mom said shit like that. Oh, probably. Or like weirdly washed his genitals. Or like Ted Bundy's mom was a prostitute, wasn't she? And she like had him like watch. Yeah. I don't think that was Ted Bundy's mom. Was it? I don't remember. I thought Ted Bundy had a normal upbringing. Albeit like shitty parents maybe, but. Or was it, I don't know. It was someone's mom. It was a serial killer, famous serial killer's mom made him watch. I'm pretty sure it was Ted Bundy. Don't quote I thought me. it was a cannibal, though. <clears throat> but who, I don't know. Who knows? I know what you're talking about, though. Um, but anyway, he's getting, like, this contracting gonorrhea twice and continuing to have unprotected sex. He's mad at the sex workers. Put a willy on, bro. Okay. Right? Wrap your willy, my man. Wrap your willy. Wrap- Anyway, like I said, he did nothing about this, continuing to have unprotected sex with sex sex workers and continuing to hate them. Um, While this is happening, his 19-year-old wife was alone for their first year and last year of marriage and began dating again, and then their marriage ended within the year. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> which I would also divorce Gary Ridgway. So yeah. <laughs> um, so Ridgway ended up marrying two more times after his first marriage. Um, which the fact that three women wanted to marry this man is astounding. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so his second marriage was to Martha Winslow, who he had allegedly placed in a chokehold at one point. Um, so he just did not have good relationships with women. Right. Um, he also, during his marriage to Martha, became crazy religious during this time. Um, he would go around door to door proselytizing, reading his Bible aloud at work and at home, um, insisting that his wife follow the strict teachings of their pastor and cry during and after sermons. So he was just like, fucking extra yeah i think that he was having a lot of issues trying to balance like his crazy religious life with his quote-unquote sins and attachment to sex workers so that's just my best guess but yeah well i mean also like mommy issues that stems a lot of hatred towards women you see that a lot of serial killers and uh you know hatred towards women and like a lot of narcissistic behavior yeah oh absolutely religious crisis was probably like a breaking point (laughs) yeah absolutely um despite all his religious ways this didn't stop him from being a fucking creep um does no 
he wanted to participate in sex in public with his wife, Martha, which she was tremendously uncomfortable with. Um, he would often push her to have sex in inappropriate places, often outside, and places that would later be linked to where his victims' bodies would later be found. There was a Criminal Minds episode like that where she would do it with her husband after he had killed women in those places so he could relive it. <gasps> probably about Gary Ridgeway. Oh my fucking god. Yeah. Um, he also continued to solicit sex workers at this time, even though he often complained about their existence. Like, there would be sex workers in his neighborhood or whatever, and he'd be like, oh my god, these people are awful. And then he'd go solicit them. So... He probably also would, like, kick him out right after and, like, yell at them the whole time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so after his arrest, like, later, fast-forwarding, um, and everything started coming out, all three of his ex-wives and multiple ex-girlfriends commented on his insatiable need for sex and, like, aggressive behavior with them. So, like, it was clearly a pattern that escalated into murder. Right. Um, Which is usually weird because a lot of times when men kill women, they're like, you know, in like super aggressive ways and stuff like that. Yeah. Also can be linked to like, you know, uh, like the inability to perform. Right. And like they're doing it as a way to get off because they can't otherwise. Mm-hmm. Or they can't in regular sex. So right. they have to like feel control right exactly yeah um so they said that he would often demand it from them multiple times sex multiple times a day and yeah so there's that so through a lot of this chaos his second wife gave we're rewinding again um second wife gave birth to his son matthew in 1975 oh shit yeah um so kind of going into the murders now between the 1980s and the 1990s Ridgeway is believed to have killed nearly 71 to 80 women and I'll kind of get into why the numbers are a large discrepancy a little later 70 71 to 80 yeah that many women allegedly I'll kind of get to the numbers. It's kind of a hot mess. Yeah. Um, And he killed all these women around the Seattle-Tacoma area. Right. Yeah. Most of the murders occurred from 1982 to 1984. And the victims tended to be sex workers or runaways who Ridgeway would strangle to death. Of course. It always is. It always is. Yeah. Jeff Dahmer, Ted Bundy, this guy. Actually, Ted Bundy was that was a little bit less, but yeah. still. Ted Bundy did a lot of like sorority girls and shit for some reason. Yeah. I think he just did honestly in the moment, whoever he could get his fucking hands on. And he uh, liked college girls. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, um most of the women would be dropped at the Green River, except for two confirmed and two suspected who um so four total that ridgeway possibly dropped around the portland oregon area yeah um he would also some he did this because he thought that um it would confuse police and they wouldn't know like where these 
bodies were coming from. Yeah, because they don't talk within jurisdiction without outside, outside jurisdiction. jurisdictions. Yeah, so he was trying to confuse police. Um, he would also sometimes return to the drop location where he, um, like you know, dropped off bodies right. and rape the bodies. Oh, um, the articles, yeah, yeah, necrophilia. The articles I read. Um, I just wanted to like put this out here for I don't know if journalists listen to this fucking hot mess of a podcast but the articles I read said quote-unquote sex with the bodies but sex involves consent and corpses cannot consent so I think it's very important that people start writing the fucking proper word which is rape like you cannot have consensual sex with a corpse so it's rape anyway um so Ridgeway would also contaminate the crime scenes and you know the dropping victims over state lines to confuse police right so yeah he was just doing weird shit so that they would hopefully not catch on mm-hmm. um since most of the victims sat for so long also unfortunately four of the decom four of the bodies were so decomposed and unrecognizable that they are still unidentified to this day. Oh, that's sad. I know. Um, they're still working on it, though, and I'll kind of get to that later. Um, so Gary's, Ridgeway's process um, kind of started as him picking up his victim and showing them a picture of his son to gain their trust. Right. Um. And then after having sex with the victim, because like I said, most of them were sex workers, um, he would strangle them from behind. Initially, he did this manually, but would often result in injuries to Ridgeway. And he wanted to avoid attention and people like, like he had bruises or bites on his arms and he didn't want people to notice that and be like, that's fucking weird. So to avoid attention, he changed his MO and started using ligatures. Like ropes and shit? Yeah, like ropes and shit. Um, And Ridgeway killed most of his his victims in his home, his truck, or in secluded areas. Um, Because there are so many victims, I don't have like specifics on each of them, unfortunately. Um, But that's just kind of a general overview of what he was doing. Right. Um, So the investigation began in the early 1980s. The King County Sheriff's Office formed the Green River Task Force to investigate the murders. Mm -hmm. Um, The most notable members of this task force were Robert Keppel and Dave Riker, who sometimes interviewed Ted Bundy, seeking insight into, you know, what a serial killer would be doing. Didn't Ted Bundy help him catch the Green River Killer? So these interviews didn't really help with catching Ridgeway, but did get some confessions from Bundy. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> for more shit. <laughs> so like, yeah, it gave them like a little bit of insight, but overall it wasn't what ended up catching Ridgeway. No, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but Ted Bundy probably got off on that because he loved the attention. That's facts. Um, so in 1982... And again, in 2001, and we'll get to the 2001 one later, but in 1982, they actually arrested Ridgeway for in prostitution-related charges. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he had, like, strangled a prostitute. She got away, and so that was kind of, like, 
right where it all started yeah and so that's how he got arrested they were so fucking close to catching him and could you imagine if they had caught him in 1982 yeah like 70 other women would still be alive yeah but whatever fucking sad whatever yeah um unfortunately if they don't know exactly and i don't know if they had even yeah anyway um, but they didn't even begin to suspect him in the Green River killings until 1983. Ooh. Yeah. Um, in 1984, Ridgeway took and passed a polygraph test. And on April 7th, 19, April 7th, 1987, police were able to get hair and saliva samples from Ridgeway. Yeah. Um, and kind of a weird fact, while all this is going on, like he's being suspected for murder and like all that jazz, um, Ridgeway began dating his third wife, Judith Mawson. And I'm like, who the fuck marries someone who's suspected of murder? But whatever. Right, was it public knowledge that he was suspected of murder? I mean, she had to have known because he got like, actually, I know she, here, hold on, I'll get to it. Um, so the couple marries in 1988, and Mawson would later come out saying that Ridgeway would leave really early for some mornings for work, uh, to work, quote-unquote, overtime, but she now believes that he was committing some of the murders. Oh, God. Really early in the morning. Um, she also said that she never suspected him until 1987, when he was contacted by the police, Yet she married him a year later. So um, she did say, though, that she hadn't heard of the killings because she didn't watch the news. So right. before 1987, when he got contacted by the police, she actually had no idea what was happening. Okay. And that's a little bit better. Yeah. But I mean, still, he was contacted by the police and then you were aware. So exactly that he was suspected of it but yeah and that's also by the time he had done the bulk of his killings so probably like 50 people by that point were oh god that's so many that's like the most i've ever heard of yeah um so then in later interviews ridgeway says he actually murdered less people while with mawson because he truly loved her she says oh. <laughs> right <laughs> love oh. <laughs> God, that's what I want. Fucking asshole. Why can't a man kill less when he's with me? Because he loves me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She says that she saved lives by marrying Ridgeway, which I'm like, gag. Also, why would you even fucking say that? Like, that's like a very attention-grabbing, like, I want, give me attention kind of statement. Like, fuck you, shut up. Also, listen here, bitch, he still killed people. So, yeah, literally 80 women died at the hands of a man that was suspected of it and you fucking knew, so i shut the fuck up. Exactly. Okay, so 14 years later, the samples that they got in 1987 were finally tested um, and provided evidence for his arrest on November 30th of, of 2001. Why did it take three years to even process it? I don't know. There's also rape kits that have never been processed from like yeah, the 90s. That's true. Whatever. Let's end the fucking backlog. But anyway, it's fine. Whatever. Um, so Ridgeway was at his job at Kenworth Truck Factory when police arrived to arrest him. Um, he like painted the trucks. That was like his job there. Um, at the time, he was only arrested on suspicion of murdering four women. 
Only four. Just four. But, like, compared to how many he actually murdered, like, that's all they had. Seriously. Yeah. So these four women were Marsha Chapman, Opal Mills, Cynthia Hines, and Carol Ann Christensen. Opal's a pretty name. I was... That was my first thought when I was typing in these names. I was like, wow, that's a pretty fucking name. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the this was nearly 20 years after first being identified as a potential suspect. Right. So that's just crazy. Um, three more victims were later added to the indictment after evidence was found on the bodies. These three victims included Wendy Cofield. Deborah Bonner, I almost said Boner, um, and Deborah Estes. Fucking <laughs> funny, Liberty. What's wrong with you? I'm so sorry. Um, and then as for getting that bitch, Gary Ridgeway, um, on November fifth, two thousand three, Ridgeway entered a guilty plea to forty-eight counts of aggravated first-degree murder. Jesus Christ! Only forty. Forty-eight. Forty-eight. Only fifty. Damn. So this plea deal spared him from execution and he exchanged the location of the remains of his victims, which is why they gave him the plea deal. Um, During his plea, he stated that all victims were killed in King County and were dumped elsewhere if they were found in another state. So like he never killed in Portland, Oregon, but he did bring bodies to Portland, Oregon. My question is another thing. Yeah. I had a question, I promise. I don't know where it went. It's gone. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's gone now. Okay. Oh, yes. I found my question. Where or why are all um, execution people, you know, death row inmates, why are they always so scared of death and they know they're going to die in prison anyway? Like, why does it matter if you're in prison for the rest of your life or if you die in a, five years? I don't know. I don't know. I'd rather die. Just get it over with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Weird. Especially after all, is it because of all the death they've seen? Or it's because they just don't want to die. Maybe it's just a simple human. Okay, but you're never going to, nobody's going to live forever. Right, but maybe they just want to live as long as they can. I mean, like when you're in situations like that, I think the only thought you're thinking of is like, you know, human instinct kicks in and you're like, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Right. Until you're old and you're dying. I guess. I guess. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> um, he says that he dumped them elsewhere and everyone was killed in King County. Um, also due to this plea, 41 other victims were identified. Otherwise, they would have had to go forward with the only seven that they had, you know, the original, or the, or there was the original four, and then the three were added. They would have had seven victims if Ridgeway hadn't taken this plea and admitted to the other 41. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Did he even remember where they all were? Right? That's what I'm saying. And, like, kill 80 women. How do you not mix, like, all up? Like, (laughs) well, and how do you remember that you killed that many? Right. Because, like, that's like remembering what that's like remembering like how like you know you can still sleep like it for example you can still sleep with a bunch of people and remember them like this was his like this was his thing this was his like sexual release so 
he maybe like this was like the height of his life so maybe he that's why he remembered it all I guess. or even if he even did right um so on december 18th 2003 judge richard jones sentenced ridgeway to 48 consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole as he should right um judge jones also added 10 additional years for tampering with evidence for each of the 48 victims ultimately ridgeway's sentence ended up being 480 years plus 48 life sentences without the possibility of parole good so yeah is yeah. he dead no <gasps> gary ridgeway is still alive so um ridgeway led prosecutors to three of the bodies in 2003 after his conviction um on august 16th of 2003 there were so i'm just kind of going to go through like the people that we've been able to find so far because not all of the all of the remains have been found or identified so ridgeway led prosecutors to three of the bodies in 2003 and then on august 16th of 2003 the remains of pammy annette event Avent. It's A-V-E-N-T. I don't know how to say it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Who was 16 years old at the time of her murder was found along Route 410 believed to be a Green River Killer victim. But unconfirmed. We don't know. Um, The remains of Marie Malvar and April Batram were found in September of 2003. In November of 2005, a hiker found the skull of one of the 48 women that Ridgway admitted to murdering in his plea deal. The woman was Tracy Winston, who was 19 when she disappeared from Northgate Mall on September 12th of 1983. Oh, God. Yeah. Ridgway confessed to more confirmed murders than any other American serial killer. Mm-hmm. He has claimed to, kill, to have killed 65 to 80 women. News stories and articles and Murderpedia all kind of vary. Um, But more information, since Ridgeway is still alive, more information does keep coming out. Um, Mostly sex workers were his victims as he hated them, quote, and didn't think they'd be missed, which is like... Every serial killer says that. Yeah, it's fucking disgusting. Um, he also confirmed to raping their bodies, but claimed he had started burying them so that he could resist the urge to do so. Yeah. What a good night. What a good guy. What a right? stand-up dude. Stand up dude. Even men say, oh, to resist the urge. Oh, like it's something you have to fucking do. Just go right. jack off or something. Yeah. Also, go get, go to therapy. It's Therapist, man. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Ridgeway said he would talk to his victims and make them think that he cared. Which this is a quote, which of course I didn't. I just wanted to get her in the vehicle and eventually kill her. Oh, great. Yeah, great. I'm glad he was honest. Right? Fucking asshole. Fucking asshole. Um, he said that murdering women was his quote unquote career. Ah, uh, yeah, because you make a lot of money, weren't you? The fuck? 
fucking asshole. Fucking asshole. Um, Ridgeway is currently incarcerated in Washington State. At, yeah, in Washington State Penitentiary in Walla Walla, Washington. Oh, God. <laughs> I was like, please say large correctional. (laughs) (laughs) They would never put him in large. (laughs) That's minimum security. Yeah, large is, for everyone who doesn't know, large is a minimum security prison up in the mountains that, like, like, they're allowed to be on, like, fire crew and stuff like that. Like, they they can wander off if they wanted, like. (laughs) Like, it's not very locked down. You drive past it when you go. You can literally drive past it and see the inmates in at wreck. Like no gates, just vibes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. There, yeah, there's fire crews up there. Yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's like really large. <laughs> yeah, there's no way he would be at large. No. Um, but he is still claiming to have killed more women. Um, in 2013, he said it was closer to 80 women that he had murdered. And I was wondering, I was like, I don't know if I believe this or if he's just saying this so that he can stay relevant or what his motives are. Right. I think it might just be also to stay relevant. Right. But but even before that, though, it was 65 to 71 women. So no matter what, if it's the 80 or if it's the 71 or if it's the 65, it's still too many. He's only four um, years older than dad. Five. Yeah. Oh, wait, older? Older, yeah. He's born no, he's in- way older than dad. So he was born in 69. He graduated high school in 69. Oh, so he was born in 49. So he's like grandpa's age. Yeah, he's like grandpa's age. Yeah. Oh. Um. So in 2021, we are still identifying women and girls that Ridgeway murdered. As of January 24th of 2021, Ridgeway's youngest victim was finally identified as 14-year-old Wendy Stevens. Oh, God. Yeah. She was found outside of a Little League park in the fetal position, and DNA evidence finally helped ID her this year. She was found outside of a Little League park because a dog went and grabbed, like, her femur bone and brought it back, and the owner was like, oh, fuck, I think that's human. Yeah, and so he called the cops, and the cops were like, oh, yeah, that's human. Mm -hmm. Um, The list of Ridgeway's victims is is extensive. They were young women, ranging from 14 to 38 years old, some of which are still unidentified. Mm -hmm. They had families, they were loved, and he robbed them of all the amazing things that they could have become. So fuck him yeah fuck him um my sources were murderpedia britannica and q13 fox seattle which came up with that recent story of the january 24th 2021 and uh his victim being identified so my sources were wikipedia (laughs) and murderpedia so love it we fuck with Wikipedia. Dude, I fuck so heavily with Murderpedia. It's so nice. That's true. Everything's chronological. It's amazing. And, yeah. and set it up, like, exactly how my brain works. Like, they do the early life and, like, you know, like... Yeah, exactly. They transition into... Exactly. Well, thanks for listening this week, guys. I had a great time being surprised. Sometimes I like just not following a theme, you know? Like, it's just right. kind of nice. little break switching it up um we're finally on time for once i know are you fucking proud of us because i'm fucking proud of us 
back in for real so yeah but next week we're gonna be obviously back on track as well so please send us your stories to our dm at killer crime and sister time on instagram and at killer crime and sister time at gmail.com no caps no spaces you can just send that shit in and we will check our email and you know like i've been saying if we get it going if we get it good We'll make merch and it'll be really cute. And it'll be like crew necks and like socks. Oh yeah. We don't make oversized crew necks, bitches. We'll get like long sleeves and like t-shirts. I'll even make a fucking blanket. Fuck yes. I love it. So yeah, just keep it going. You know, we love talking, even if not a lot of people be listening. (laughs) We love to appreciate you guys exactly sometimes i like forget that we're like actually like doing a podcast and i'll just be like i know okay. i'm just talking to my sister so it's chill <laughs> sometimes i'm like shit like other people can't hear what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so this week it's great um tell us your stories because you know like i said last week sometimes people are like oh well other people send in the stories but right now guys we have no one sending in stories right I really want some stories to tell because I think it's so cool hearing about other people's experiences. It is so cool. My shithead boyfriend to tell me his stories because his house, the house that I'm in currently is haunted as fuck. Okay, hold on. I have to see. <coughs> Bless you. I'm a hot mess express right now. Um, but I have a really funny story for next week that I'm going to tell next week. It's one of my stories. And I just think it's hilarious and I think other people need to hear it, so... Uh, well, I'm pretty excited. I hope nothing scary happens to me within the week. Otherwise, I won't have anything. <laughs> Mine's not really scary. I was just listening to My Favorite Murder, and they were talking about funeral homes, and it reminded me of a funny funeral home story I have. I'm so. super excited. Save it for next week. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely saving it for next week. But <laughs> Okay. Well, have a good week, guys, and we will see you next Sunday. Yes. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.